Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn that the world is not what it seems, and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today we'll discuss a few more positive aspects of the big picture perspective. And the first one is that uh, we really wouldn't have any more bores or pompous asses when we adopt the perspective. One of the most wonderful things about the perspective is that when you understand reality this way, you can no longer be a pompous ass who's full of him or herself, thinking you're better than other people. That's because whoever or whatever you are in this life, you realize it's only a role you're playing, one of many. Is the actor who plays the role of king any better than the actor who plays the role of beggar? Of course not. If they're aware that tomorrow night the actor playing the beggar plays the role of prince and the actor playing the king plays the role of villain, then they'd both realize how silly it is to think that you're better than someone else just because you're playing a particular role on a given night. Well, we've all seen those smug people who have reached some level of success and then look down on others who haven't. They are very satisfied with themselves because they've made more money or won more respect from society than most of us. Now, a lot of people who have reached the very highest levels seem to have a natural understanding of the way things really are. And they don't look down on others. But at many levels, you'll often see the kind of person I'm referring to. What happens when a self-centered executive realizes that other parts of himself have done far less well? That he is right now in other realities a street bum, a prostitute, and an errand boy. That other portions of himself have chosen to experience this century from perspectives far less lofty, but richer perhaps in other ways? And what happens when the respected scientist, so proud of his intellect, finds to his dismay that his other focused personalities include a number who don't know how to read, are very slow, can't grasp any but the simplest concepts, and have otherwise less than impressive intellectual credentials? Well, when that happens, when they realize the reality of the other roles, you know what happens? Pride dissolves. Not self-respect, but pride, groundless pride, and that's good for all concerned. At the same time, appreciation develops. Appreciation for the special challenges that each type of existence presents, and for the rewards that come for having lived through them. The importance of the particular role played to learn these lessons pales in comparison to the lessons themselves, whether they involve patience, charity, greater understanding, forgiveness, or just an awareness that progress is not necessarily measured in technological terms. Now, some people, in order to learn these lessons, go through many roles in one life, from rags to riches to drug addict to bum to respected citizen, for example. And the fact is, playing those roles can be one of the most effective ways to learn the lessons and develop the, the virtues. 
But it would also be possible to learn those lessons in a kinder, gentler atmosphere that inflicts less suffering on the participants. <clears throat> Again, uh, some of my favorite words from the entity Seth are here. Suffering is only good for the soul if it teaches you how to stop suffering. I, I remind myself of that often. <laughs> suffering is only good for the soul if it teaches you how to stop suffering. Imagine what a nice place to live this world could be if everyone realized they were merely playing a role and there was no cause to take undue pride in one of the characters they portrayed. Imagine. No stuffed shirts. No self-centered bores. That alone is enough to commend the big picture perspective as right for our time. Because our time is overrun with stuffed shirts and bores in many countries around the globe who think they are better than other people. Now let's turn to the idea that a tough life can be seen as a source of tremendous soul growth. That's the other, other side of the coin. Let's say you're a street bum, or you live a life of quiet desperation, working hard most of your waking hours, and subsisting at poverty level under miserable living conditions. That's hard enough to take without thinking that this was your one shot at life, and that's how it turned out. No, when things are that bad, what really counts is what's going on in your head. That's what makes the difference between total despair and an outlook of at least some hope. If nothing else, it may be comforting in such circumstances to know that your life is not without meaning, that your big self has chosen to experience the unique pains of poverty, and that you are the focused personality doing it, while other parts of you are experiencing a better life. What it comes down to is this, no life is without meaning, without significance, however downtrodden, boring, or sterile it may seem. Your big self wanted to experience life under the circumstances you are experiencing. Books on between-life decisions, uh, one by Michael Newton, Ph.D., Journey of the Souls, and also his Destiny of Souls, and also uh, Robert Schwartz, his book, Your Soul's Plan. Those books will give you a first-hand feeling for the uh, reasons that in between life, a soul might make a decision to have a uh, less than great life. Now, it, it may be that yours is a, uh, a life that uh, it, some particularly hard lessons are being learned. Look at it this way. Your life is a valuable experience for the big you. Not only that, you're in touch with your other selves more often than you know. Every night in your dreams, in all your between-life existences, and any time you learn to alter the focus of your consciousness. You affect the other selves, and they affect you. There's constant communication and connection among you. What you contribute to that exchange may be very valuable to the others. When the time comes that this kind of communication takes place on a conscious as well as a subconscious level, a tough life may seem a little less tough, and the miracle of focus can change it for the better. So let's consider another positive idea. Consider the implications of the big picture perspective for your everyday life 
if you're able to focus. Now, if you're happy with your life as it is, fine. But if not, if there's something you want to bring into your life that's not there now, then the method for bringing it in should be fairly obvious to you by now. It's simple. Focus. And the more intense feeling you focus with, the better. Remember, all your futures are out there right now. Your thoughts have an electromagnetic reality. And you are a focusing mechanism, among other things. If you want to bring into focus a particular kind of life and not another, start focusing on it. Now, the entity Seth gives some special perspectives on this, which are very positive and encouraging. Remember, there is out there right now an infinitely rich web of probabilities, past and future and present. Your intersection with all of this, your point of power to change it as you will, or to keep it pretty much the same if you prefer, is the now. His advice for bringing in a sharp focus on what you want, well, it's similar to advice given by many ordinary people here on earth. For five minutes each day, focus on nothing else but whatever it is you want in life. Picture yourself in that life. The clearer you can paint that picture in your mind, the stronger connection you will build to it. And the more intensity you put into it with your emotions, the greater the energy behind it. Then after five minutes are up, just put it aside and forget about it. But during the day, make just one act of faith. Do one thing, however small, that shows you believe this will come about. So you don't need to be a big-time meditator. Just five minutes a day with some intense focus and then making an act of faith, however small, that you believe it will come about. Apparently, this physical act in the now sets up a connection between the physical world we're in and the not-yet-physical world of your futures. The act itself as I said, can be very small. It doesn't matter. If you want to start traveling, for example, maybe you go out and buy a very small piece of luggage. If you want to start playing the piano, maybe you go out and buy a piece of sheet music. Once you recognize that focus is the basic way of bringing things into being, rather than cause and effect, a lot of things begin to seem possible, which previously seemed impossible especially when you start to see it working. It's especially easy to tap into something one of your probable selves is doing. So if you've had an urge to do something for some time, it will probably be easy for you to do it. Another part of you already is. But it goes beyond that. You begin to understand how you do create and are truly responsible for the world that you experience. Even more, you realize the wide range of choices you have, realistic choices too, when it comes to the kind of world you can create. As it begins to dawn on you, you should start to feel overjoyed. Imagine, in each one of us, there is the power to create the world of our choosing. It's especially heartening when you realize how little we've used this ability so far. We so seldom consciously focus on anything intently for a, a very long period of time. But stop and take stock for a moment. The people and the things you see around you and the events you experience daily. If you think about it, you'll probably realize 
that you have focused on these for quite some time, even if you weren't all that consciously aware of it. So you're focusing anyway. All you need to do is take a little more conscious control of it and make that act of faith. I'll briefly share with you now how uh, I used these concepts when I first became aware of them, uh, when I was, of course, much younger. I tried to think of things I wanted, and uh, I decided that uh, I remembered when I was a young kid, I used to like to make up melodies once in a while, and I said, "Mm, maybe I'd like to um, create some songs. And I also decided I'd like to change a job where I could uh, be helping people more than I did in my my, uh, current job. And I also needed to make more money. So what I did, I did the five-minute thing, concentrated on those, and uh, gosh, within a period of just a few months, uh, a lot of songs had come to me, um, and I had a job helping people, and it actually paid more money. So that's how it worked for me some time ago, and you can give some thought as to how it might work for you. Well, that uh, concludes our discussion for today, and in our next session, we'll talk about uh, a few more positive concepts uh, related to the big picture perspective. Again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.